There are an overwhelming number of self-help books about all sorts of problems. So the first point that needs to be addressed is whether this book will be of use to you. Here are some simple questions that may help you answer this. Have you always been a worrier? If there is nothing to worry about, do you still find yourself worrying? Do minor everyday things spiral into major concerns? Once it starts, is your worry hard to stop? Does worry stop you enjoying life? Do your friends or family often suggest that you worry too much, or do they repeatedly tell you to stop worrying? If the answer to at least two of these questions is yes, and if your worry is having a significant impact on how you function at work, at home, or in social settings, or is causing you distress, then this is probably the book for you. How can this book help me? This book will help you to build your understanding of worry step by step. If we can help you to understand what leads you to worry, and what keeps you worrying, then we are a good step closer to helping you overcome it. With each step, we will introduce new ideas that add to the picture of worry. And with these ideas, you will find questionnaires, exercises, and tasks to help you understand and then challenge unhelpful habits and beliefs that keep you worrying. The 19 chapters roughly divide into three parts. Chapters 1 to 3 set the scene. They introduce everyday and problem worry using some case stories, give some facts and figures about worry, and offer advice about how best to use this book. Chapters 4 to 7 look at how cognitive behavioral therapy can help us to understand worry and start the process of building up the picture of worry. They teach us to become aware of our worry in a new way, standing outside rather than living within. With this new awareness, you'll then learn to think about what you would like to achieve and set yourself realistic goals. Chapters 8 to 18 explain the areas you will need to focus on to overcome your worry, namely, learning to tolerate uncertainty, chapters 8 to 11, learning about ideas that lead us to worry, chapters 12 to 13, how to solve problems, chapters 14 to 16, and how to face ideas or thoughts that we would much rather avoid, chapters 17 to 18. Don't be concerned if these are unfamiliar. We take time to make sure that we explain each area thoroughly. Finally, we tie up the loose ends in chapter 19. We sincerely hope that you find this book useful. With very best wishes, Kevin Mears and Mark Freeston, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, 2014. Introduction Why a Cognitive Behavioural Approach The approach this book takes in attempting to help you overcome your problems with worrying is a cognitive behavioural one. A brief account of the history of this form of intervention might be useful and encouraging. In the 1950s and 60s, a set of therapeutic techniques was developed, collectively termed behaviour therapy. These techniques shared two basic features. First, they aimed to remove symptoms, such as anxiety, by dealing with those symptoms themselves, rather than their deep-seated underlying historical causes, traditionally the focus of psychoanalysis, the approach developed by Sigmund Freud and his associates. Second, they were scientifically based, 
in the sense that they used techniques derived from what laboratory psychologists were finding out about the mechanisms of learning, and they put these techniques to scientific test. The area where behavior therapy initially proved to be of most value was in the treatment of anxiety disorders, especially specific phobias, such as extreme fear of animals or heights, and agoraphobia, both notoriously difficult to treat using conventional psychotherapies. After an initial flush of enthusiasm, discontent with behavior therapy grew. There were a number of reasons for this. An important concern was the fact that behavior therapy did not deal with the internal thoughts that were so obviously central to the distress that many patients were experiencing. In particular, behavior therapy proved inadequate when it came to the treatment of depression. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, a treatment for depression was developed called cognitive therapy.